Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. So now you're in, and now you won't bang out. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It is Blazing Ride Backstage, Thursday, March 10th, 2016, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you checking in with your smoking nephew. like to welcome you all to the program. Um, just uh, waiting on my co-host to call in, so let me uh, text him uh, and see where you at, Week C-Boy. All right. Um, so there's two different, in case this is the first time you're listening to the show, there's two different uh, versions. There's the backstage version, which is typically a hot mess uh, as we are experiencing right now. And then um, there is the uh, normal version, Blazing Rye Radio, uh, which we've done much m- more rarely, much less frequently. Whichever you prefer lately. And that one um, is going to be coming back in full force very soon. Uh, reminder that you can go back and uh, listen to all the um, old archived uh, shows at com or on iTunes. And I'd like to introduce... The Sade to my batter and wah, my co-host for the evening, Mrs. Jonathan Weeks. Mrs. Jonathan, how are you, man? Good, man. How are you doing, man? What's you know what I'm doing? Hey! Hey! in the middle of the night. Like a firefly flying through the light. Oh, nice. You were there like a blowtorch oh, like burning. Was a key that I could use a little turning. turning. So tired and I couldn't even sleep. So many secrets I yes, couldn't I keep. Could little as I see they better be. Yeah. dealing with the pain. No one can help me now. I'm in too deep. There's no way out. This time I have really let myself Runaway train <laughs> never train going never back. back. Wrong way Wrong on way the road, way it's back. back. Seems like I should, be, like getting I should be getting somewhere. Somehow I'm neither here nor there. there. I can go and no one else no can go. I know no one else knows. So what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> that much, man. What's going on, man? What's going on? Um, Phenomenal song, <laughs> by the way. Phenomenal song. Yeah, it was a great song. That's from that era, that, that you know, that Soul Asylum, Stone Temple Pilots, Counting Crows, Collective Soul, Soundgarden, uh, Pearl Jam, you know, that era of uh, 90s alternative rock. That's when the, all the good music was made. Soul Asylum was a great band. They had, you know, songs beyond that that were great. Uh, Black Gold. Uh, mm-hmm. Some great music. Somebody and, to uh, shove. Yeah, exactly. They never really get recognized either. I mean, that was a great song. That was a great music video too. Very powerful music video. 
And uh, yeah. I remember they came to New Haven a couple of times. Didn't they play the Green a couple of times? Did they? Soul Asylum. Did you sure? You, no, I don't think so. Are you thinking of Blues Traveler? Yeah, it might be, it might be Blues Traveler. Great band, too, though. Great band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great band. Um, let me just, uh, okay. Uh, so I, I remember my, uh, now, Soul Asylum, uh, uh, fantastic band. And I remember it was um, 1998, and uh, Matchbox 20, Soul Asylum, and Semisonic were playing at the Oakdale Theater. And I was probably the most excited about Soul Asylum. And then they came out, and the guy was, I don't know if he was drugged out of it, you know, all hopped up and logy on the stuff. Uh, but he was um, just uh, acting very strange, spinning around too much, doing weird things with the amplifiers. Um, but whereas, you know, Semisonic and Matchbox were great. I find there's always something off about the second band. Whenever you have these three band things, same thing happened whenever I saw, um, it was the, uh, Foxy Shazam, the Young Veins and Bad Rabbits. The Young Veins were in the middle. Something was off. Same thing when I saw Panic at the Disco, Neon Trees, and whoever that Pete Wentz girl group was. Uh, neon trees, something was off. There's always something weird about the second band, but then the second band usually goes on to make it very big. Like another time I saw Panic at the Disco, Fun, and Foxy Shazam, and that middle band was fun, and it was before they blew up, you know, with We Are Young and such. Whoa. So there's, the second band is always awful or weird. Yeah. But then they always blow up. Yeah, exactly. So that, there's something about that, I think. There's something about that theory. I don't know. I've Never been to a concert with more than two bands, but uh, uh, you know it's it's weird because usually it's a, a, a big, you know big title band and then there's like the opening act. Uh, yeah. You know, and I will say this: I will say the best yeah. opening act I've ever seen is got to be I don't know what what where it came out of this. This is random, but Gary Clark Jr. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh yeah, uh, I've heard he, the name. He, he um I think he was playing at the. Um, the Grammys or the Grammys or the Oscars, I forget. He did some kind of rendition of something, but he was amazing. He was like this, um, almost uh, this black blues artist who combines with rock and roll. He's almost like, uh, what's his name? Jimmy, uh, what, what, what's that famous guitarist? Jimmy? Hendrix. Jimmy <laughs> Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I said, I said, uh, he's like Jimmy Hendrix. He's amazing. And, uh, he opened up for Kings of Leon and, uh, it was amazing. I thought he was almost better than King Leon. <laughs> well, that, that I feel like that's not hard to. But you know, we oh. we have we have differing. Ta- we always have had differing tastes in. Yeah, we you, do. We do. Yes, you like kind of shitty bands, and <laughs> I, <laughs> and I like like shitty pop artists. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, yeah, we they, like you know we like Michael Jackson. We love Michael. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, I love. We love Hootie. Yes. Um. <laughs> you hate you too for some reason, and you hate Kings of Leon. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I respect the the Counting Crows. Great fans. Great fans. R. Kelly, I like him. I like him. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> uh. Uh, that's not it. That's, that's it. Oh, oh uh, you know, Matchbox Twenty. They're, they're great. They're a good band. I don't love them, but they're a good band. I like. I actually like his uh, solo stuff a little bit more. More than Matchbox Twenty stuff. That's uh, interesting. I'm, I might have to say that. I, don't, I mean, that's. That, I don't know. That's sacrilegious. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. Um, he, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, you know who everybody loves, and Nothing. I just. <laughs> everybody loves rain you know who everybody loves and i just don't get and it's always every time every time i'm like what the hell is this turn this off <laughs> you know every single time i i just don't get led zeppelin man i don't get it <laughs> or the Grateful Dead. Those two bands. I'm always like, if it's on the radio or whatever, I'm like, what the hell is this shit? You know what? I totally agree with you on that one. Really? Grateful Dead. 
I haven't heard much of them. Grateful Dead. I, I know Touch of Grey, amazing song. This is about all they have or all that I know of. They're kind of like radio friendly because they don't play too much of this. I don't understand them either. They're like such a, uh, you know, weird band, you know, that I don't know why they're so big. And I totally agree with you on Led Zeppelin. I mean, Led Zeppelin has been like, you know, hailed as the rock band, the rock yeah. god, the, the, the origin of rock and roll as we know it. And I think they're overrated. I really don't think they're that great. I think they have a lot of good music, a lot of great songs. Uh, they might have been revolutionary at the time. Stairway to Heaven mm-hmm. is one of the classics, but uh, really, I don't. You know, the music is not stuff. I would never buy a Led Zeppelin album. I would never go out of my way to listen to Led Zeppelin, and I will never agree with anybody who says Led Zeppelin is the best rock band of all time. And it's, it just doesn't make sense. It's either the Beatles or the Stones, to me. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I know that's more of the conventional kind of way of thinking, but. It, it's that's it. And the Who is another one of them, but Led Zeppelin is probably not even in my top ten bands of all time. <laughs> is uh, where is is Hootie in front of Zeppelin? Yeah, I think Hootie's yeah. a better band. Definitely, Hootie <laughs> Definitely. changed music as we know it, probably for the worse. But uh, they ruined it. They, but they, they ruined yeah, everything. They, they ruined it. You're right. They ruined it. But they but they're great bands. Um, but about Zeppelin. You know, I, I I just don't get it. I have respect for them, but but what you just said about they are the inventors of right. I mean, that is not true. Obviously, I don't think anyone says that. They're not like what? you know Little Richard or Chuck Berry. Or I mean, uh, you know, you got to go back to the beginning with the rock invention. But they people do say like you're talking about about the whole uh, greatest band. But the the time that they did the Kennedy Center honors. Um, and they honored uh, Led Zeppelin and David Letterman, uh, which is why mm-hmm. I watched. Um, Heart came out, you know, Nancy Wilson Phillips, Philip Pickett's, whatever her name is. She, <laughs> the two Heart ladies came out, and and they did. I forget what song it was, but it was a Zeppelin song, and it was incredible. And it was like the Jimmy Page and Robert Plant had t- tears in their eyes, and it was by far a thousand times better than whenever I've heard Led Zeppelin doing their song. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I got to agree with you. I think more, more bands that cover their songs, they do their songs better than themselves. I, yeah. Even, even Puff Daddy, when he, uh, you know, when he, uh, made that one song, what is it? That do, 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 I don't know. It's, 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 uh, I don't know. Led Zeppelin just doesn't do it for me. I mean, Oh, you my come, dad, come with you me. Even my dad, who loves Led Zeppelin, doesn't even listen to Led Zeppelin that much. It's just like, who who does who does that? Who's like favorite fan of Led Zeppelin and they don't listen to him? Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's odd. It's like, and Led Zeppelin is like one of those uh, obligatory bands uh, that you have to play on the, the radio that I feel like nobody really gives a damn about. That makes <laughs> I sense. Think people love them. Everyone loves them, but us. I I, I think it is. I just. I just don't get it. I, I get the who. I get the the who. Is the I don't really thing. even get the who. The, I mean, the, the who is 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 is, is kind of like in that category. But if you listen to the who, the mu- the music I think is just so uh, innovative, and you just see Pete Townsend how what a genius he was, and you know you can understand it. But to me, I still can't understand Led Zeppelin. I don't get it. I don't you know a whole lot of love. Stay Away to Heaven is a good song. Overrated is not the best song of all time. I think. I think yesterday by the Beatles is, is probably better. Or uh, I wish remix you know. by R. Kelly. I wish remix. I would, yes. <laughs> you, you introduced me to that song in college. I think that song was. I was astounded by how great that song is. Actually, that's but, uh, still my favorite song of all time. Is it really? Yeah, it's you know it's I have it on vinyl and everything that that album TP2. Um, but much deserved. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, uh, I mean, should we start the show at some point, or... Um... <laughs> yes, 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 we should definitely start the show at some point. <laughs> you know what we got to do, though? We got to ask the wizard about Led Zeppelin, what he thinks about Led Zeppelin. Oh, he's going to go crazy. He's going to say, there's a bomb, there's awesome. He's, he's going to think we're nuts. He's going to say, what? Bomb, there's a bomb. There's a bomb, there's a bomb. 
Bounder the bar. Hey, Wizard Sire, what do you think of Led Zeppelin? Bounder the bar. Hmm. So speaking of um the uh the what well, what what's going what's going on with you weeks? Let me be your therapist for a minute here. What what has you down? What has me down? Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> I don't really know if I, if I can pinpoint it. I think it's just like uh you know if I had to say something, it feels like a life of mediocrity and. Uh, uh, you know, it's just work kind of sucks right now, and yeah, just doesn't. I don't like it. I think it's uh, uh, not fun, and it's just not like I'm reaching my goals at this point, which uh, I don't even know what they are right now. So I'm just lost right now. I would say I'm very lost, and uh, you know, but it's not too too bad. But it is, it is affecting a lot of what I do. So mm-hmm. you know, and it's weird because it's not like intentional, but it's just uh. It is affecting things. It it, like, it uh, doesn't help also that the uh, weekends last about a second and the weeks last a year each. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what it is either. I mean, I still do yeah. a forty-hour work week, and then it's just it just lingers though. I don't know what it is. I really, and it's gotten very bad over the last probably two or three months. You know, I don't know if it's because we have no holidays. After that, uh, after that one in February, and then it's all downhill in March and April. I hate March and April. <laughs> Those are my worst months. Really, the months? You know? Why the spring months are your worst? Why? Yeah, they're the worst. I mean, ever since uh, uh what is it? Is it law school? I had like a, I had, I had in in St. Louis. I got hit by a car in March, and then I got into a car accident in April. And ever since that March and April. I think in '08, it's been a bad March and April ever since then. It's like you it was, in, they just com- they combined to be bad, very bad. You got in two car accidents in two months in 2008. Yeah, yeah, I got hit by a car in March of 2008, and then I got into a car accident. I got branded in uh, April of '08. So you got into <laughs> two accidents that were not your fault. <laughs> the first one when I was walking, I got hit. That, that was. Definitely not my fault. And then I would say uh, the rear end was very 50 50. That's being very objective. I think it was more or less the other guy's fault because uh, they rear ended me. Yeah. But I was going right turn on red. And he was out of nowhere. He was like, it was in Missouri in his pickup truck. And, you know, I don't think he meant it, but, you know, it was his fault. Was, uh, you said right turn on red. Is there no turn on red there? Oh, no, there is right turn in red, but uh, you know, I took the risk by doing the right turn in red, and then uh, yeah, he was way down the road, and then he just slammed on the gas pedal for some reason when I did that. He probably saw, he, he probably did that because he saw me, and then, you know, and uh, he did that. They're awful drivers anywhere but mm. New York. I think New York actually drives pretty well, and then they're very aggressive, but they mm-hmm. they drive better than anybody else I've ever seen. Uh, I like Vermont because there's like nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's a good driver in LA because you get a lot of practice. Unless it rains, and then they're all the freaking uh, evil Knievel, uh, and yes, you know, right. not intentionally. Right. Um, but wh- so, what else is going? On? What What are you gonna do this weekend coming? Uh, what am I doing? I think um, celebrating a birthday. Uh, Chris Featherman too hot for TV uh, this Saturday, and uh, you know, have a good time with him. And we're gonna go. Uh, a couple other people. We're gonna do like a private kind of celebration. He had a real birthday party last weekend, but I didn't go to it. They're kind of a falling out in a lot of ways. Wait, who? And that's you also been happening a lot. You and Chris Featherman what? had a falling out. You and Chris Featherman. Yeah, yeah. We 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 we've had a kind of falling out. It's been kind of a uh, Snowballing from there too as well, but uh, you know, yes, we had a bit of a falling out. I don't know. I don't know if people are are growing more mature, but they're making, I think, bad life decisions in terms of other friends. And you know, I don't agree with it. So when I don't agree with it, I really can't be too friendly with other people. 
but you know he makes his own decisions. So, but we're we're on good terms. We're just not as good as friends as we used to be. Hmm. What happens? <laughs> uh, it's it's uh it has to do with a mutual friend, you know. Okay. Uh, and uh, he basically has made a decision to cut him out completely, and we should all be kind of a group. Mm. And I don't really agree with what he's doing. I don't think it's fair what he's doing. Uh, but you know, he's he, he's entitled to make his own decision. With huge arguments over it, and uh, I think a large part of it is him making the decision based on uh, you know his fiance's future wife, you know her kind of attitude toward this guy, and uh, I don't think it's right. And you know, there's not much I can do. I can't fight his you know future wife uh, when he's one of my best friends. So it's a very awkward position, you know, especially over another you know good friend. Um, so it's his decision to be made, and he's already made the decision. And uh, I think it's a bad decision, but stuff to him. <laughs> so, and 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 this is what you're doing this weekend, hanging out with this guy. Yeah, I'm hanging out with this guy. He's a good guy. You know, we're we're, we're uh, I would say we're like best friends, but you know, ever since this incident, it's you know we're good friends. We're not best friends anymore. Um, so I mean, it seems to me like you know, even your reprieve, even your time off. Is laced with all this uh, negative energy and stress. You gotta, you gotta uh, hang around more positive people. That's absolutely correct, and I think you're you're absolutely right about that. I think uh, changes need to be made, and uh, you know, I need to kind of change the scenery, and that might be upcoming and up, you know, forthcoming, I guess, in the future. So, uh, you are know. you moving again? <laughs> well, you know, yes, that, that might be possible. Yes. Uh, where you know, where will you go sure. this that's, time? You've been all over the country. <laughs> been all over the damn country. Where would you go this time? <laughs> you're very uh, you're very astute there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I might be, you know, I might. I'm not sure if I'm doing it, but uh, you know, I, I've been considered for a position that uh, is located in D.C., but there would be a lot of travel around the world, so hmm. um, it could change a lot of things, but. Well, I'm, I'm not 100% serious about it yet, but uh, it's possible. I don't know who would want you going, you know, representing <laughs> your that company internationally. Like this, this is the face of what we do, and it's 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 John Weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally agree. I don't know what they're drinking. <laughs> You'll walk what in there like, hey, them. I don't know what to do with the damn <laughs> <laughs> You just imagine, whenever I open the door, that's how I uh, greet clients. Uh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining, like, a four-foot-tall Chinese man, like, bowing to you. And then, you just, hey, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That's amazing. That's so, amazing. Um, the why don't we dig deeper into your uh, your? Just kidding. So the um, the you know I you know how we do jokes on this show? Yeah. Okay. They're amazing. What are you talking about? We 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 create the world of jokes here on this show. It's amazing. Yeah, like we're the Led Zeppelin of jokes. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the jokes for tonight yet. I don't know how much you prepare for the show. <laughs> no, I, I haven't looked at them. I have them right here. Okay. I'm, I'm so look, I'm looking, they're very informative. These are very good jokes. I like these. So I was like, I was right. I was typing the jokes to you and Fogarty earlier, and then I, I was like, I was reading them, and I was like, yeah, most of these are terrible, but there's like two or three <laughs> that are actually good. Like, I would, I could see, like, them being used. So, today, for the first, and I, I had just read in Judd Apatow's book that he used to send jokes to someone. I can't remember, Leno, maybe, I think, um, used to send mm-hmm. jokes to someone. So, I I had the idea today. Well, why not just send the send these off? So then today I I I research who the head writer is on every single late night show and their email address and 
boy, was it difficult to find uh, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, head writer's email addresses because that was like a nested Boolean equation, but I eventually <laughs> cracked the code. Um, and, you know, I, I sent them to, I mean, the first one I sent was Seth Meyers because I kind of heard the jokes in his voice. And then I, I sent them to, you know, Fallon, Kimmel, to um, uh, James Corden and to uh, SNL. And so I'm thinking, like, the odds that this gets any response at all are very low because even people who actually work at these places for years don't get something on the air for years or whatever. And this is my first time, you know, sending this stuff out. So I had my, so I send all the emails out. Then I had my therapist appointment. I walked out of the thing uh, on my lunch break and I see this email from JKL, Jimmy Kimmel Live. And it says something about a release in the subject line or whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, are they sending me like a release to sign off on, on one of my jokes? Are they going to use one of my jokes? Yes. And and then I opened it up and it just said, before we can read anything, we need you to sign this. So I was like, like going nuts. And then I was disappointed and then never heard back from anyone, but it was, yeah. it was a very nerve wracking experience, but I think I'm going to keep doing it. You know, I think I'm going to keep doing it. I think you should. I think, uh, you never know what might happen, and uh, actually, I think that's pretty, you know, unique that uh, they sent that release. So I guess they're at least interested in looking at it, and uh, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, I think that's that's awesome. You should just keep keep at it. Listen, I, you know, when we do the jokes, I think the jokes are pretty darn good. I think there's like, you know, usually a dozen jokes. I think, as you said, there's like two or three or four of them that are very good, and I think that's usually how it is with most comedians, unless you're like a yeah. stellar comedian. But I think uh, those are those are those are, are darn good. Some of them are make they make me a lot of them make me laugh a lot. So I think uh, yeah, you know, I think they're pretty good. I think where, where's your stand up by the way? Your stand up was amazing. Talking oh. about babies and the, the, the you know the, the metro and everything like that. Those are amazing. Thanks. So yeah. So actually, I was t- telling B Marsh today. I was just I, I I'm sending this shit to Seth Meyers, and he goes isn't that just a good way for your jokes to get stolen? And I had to explain the difference. I was like, well, these are, right. topical. These are topical jokes, not stand-up jokes. So, um, no, and they, they can't use your jokes without, you know, your, I believe, without buying them. Um, so, anyway, they're two totally different things, you know, uh, the the jokes that we do and then the stand-up. But, but he was telling me he wanted to get into it. We actually met over coffee and like just told each other stuff that we had written and stuff. So I think we're going to, you know, we're going to test out the waters, try some like, you know, maybe amateur open mics and stuff. The key yes, will be, yes. <laughs> the key will be finding uh, an open mic that isn't just music. You know, you want some comedians in there, but um, also, you know, everything is kind of all over the place now. So I, I need to put it in some kind of, um, but he, you know, he, what he said was, um, it seems like my major theme so far is like is language and how we use it and what doesn't make sense in it or whatever. And so he was like, the next George Carlin, ladies and gentlemen, I was like, that is far too kind. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is a crazy thing to say. Um, <clears throat> but but a lot of these jokes or, or the stand-up stuff that I'm writing is, it feels like it's not in you know my voice. It feels like I'm writing in in George Carlin's voice a lot, or Anthony Jeselnik's voice a lot. Um, like like here here's one that I just uh, wrote recently. Uh, okay. I am always um, no matter where I go, I always live next to an elementary school, and it is <laughs> super awkward. Um, you know to be around all these kids. Especially if I'm attracted to one. I, I think that it's something like that, you know, something like that. But uh, but that's kind of you know an Anthony Jeselnik type joke. It's not really like I don't know. It's it's hard to find my own voice here. But I think you kind of I, I've heard from other uh, from I think from Gilbert's podcast mainly that you kind of have to find it as you go, basically. Right. I I think you definitely kind of. You're other comedians, but you definitely have your own style as well. I think uh, um, you're, you're very, um, what is it, courageous? 
you know, you're, you're, you say what you, what's on your mind, and I think, you know, for New York, I think that's going to be much appreciated. They're going to love that, and especially when you had those jokes about the Metro and everyday life. Uh, I can I can really relate to that kind of stuff, and there's not a whole lot of comedians that do that. Uh, there's like, uh, you know, Louis C.K. to a two degree, especially his show. Um, you know, there's a little bit uh, coming from other comedians, but they talk about other issues. They talk like about bigger, like racism. They talk about. Uh, you know some of that kind of stuff, perceptions, stereotypes, and whatnot. I feel like you're you're kind of com- uh, comedy much more. And actually, it sounds like you're really uh, being very courageous by doing these uh, you know, comedy shows or going, you know, doing open mic nights and whatnot. My buddy did it, and he's not a comedian at all. He's really terrible. He's very funny in terms of uh, <laughs> hanging out with them, but he he, he has no jokes. He, he has no. The ability to create jokes and make jokes. He writes them, and he, he did a couple over mic nights, and he did like a comedy class. And I was surprised that he did like a couple shows, but uh, you know, he was it was really not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you Paul. sir, I think have that, and uh, you know, I think you know, just being that courageous to kind of go out and do that and be like that adventurous uh, young kid is is half the battle. So I think well, ha- haven't you know, done it should. yet. We'll we'll see. But what? John, we do you know what time it is? Oh my God! It's a hot mess of war. I'm not hearing you. Oh really? shit! Really? Yeah, I wonder if it's on my end. Yeah, I maybe can hear you, your, Tommy boy. It, is it your new circular cell phone? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my new so my new IUD, my smart IUD. <laughs> is today your anniversary? Yes, it is. Congratulations! Wow. Congratulations, yeah, thank Tommy you. boy. Thank you, what's, thank you. What's it been? Thirty-two years. Thirty-two. Wow. Thirty-two, man. Yep. I'm old. Wow. That's oh uh. God. That's that's John Weeks' age. Yes, I'm old. <laughs> so you old. And um. What old fart, man? <laughs> what did you uh? What did you do earlier today that was uh? Might be interesting. Yeah, uh, I was the guest host for the. Nine o'clock hour on WBGO, the last great jazz station left in the country. Wow. Wow. And yeah. what, did you, what did you talk about, or did you just introduce the tunes? What did you do? I got, it was my set list, and I got to give a little, you know, what what I know about the backstory of those songs. Mm-hmm. So it was loads wow. of fun. Yeah. Nice. Oh it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so well, you never know. You know, you just never know what you do. But I've gotten a couple like uh, actors who sent me headshots because they listened and liked the set really? and heard me mention oh. 360 and the radio. The station has sent me some uh, emails that people sent in. Oh, oh man! So you never Email? know where you might end up. Yeah, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be the next Howard Stern. Oh yeah. 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 No, I'd rather be Ryan Seacrest. So would Ooh. I. He has such, such great jobs. Yep. And you know what? His radio show is so good. Like, people don't understand Seacrest because they only see him on TV and they get annoyed by him. But on the radio in the morning, I still listen to that L.A. feed. You know this. Yeah. No, he's the real deal. He does his shit. Yep, yep. And he's he he... Knows everything about everyone. They're all, you know, friendly, and it's it's great. Anyway, who have you got for us for the Hot Mess Awards? Well, my first one, of course, has got to be me for everything I'm doing right now. 
I, I feel like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> <laughs> like nope, a nope. cracker barrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who's, who's your second hot mess? My second hot mess has got to be Rob Kardashian getting his groove back. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, he's supposedly lost 40 pounds, and I think I know where they are. I got them. <laughs> you sure they didn't go into Kim's badonkadonk? Nope. Nope, but they might have gone into Black China's badonkadonk. Who? <laughs> Blythe Danner. Black China. Isn't that who he's with now? Oh, oh, Black. Is, is she a tranny? Uh, no. <laughs> no, she's not from Somalia. <laughs> and, and you said Rob Kardashian. I was like, but isn't he dead? But you mean the, the son? Yeah. <laughs> and who's your final hot mess, sire? My final hot mess has got to be that damn... Hot mugshot prisoner dude. <laughs> Ooh. Uh-huh, Damn. Yeah. I know I'm celebrating my anniversary, but I'd do her. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what he was arrested for? I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> All right. You guys no, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue, but he is fine. You got that right. You got With that right. With the big right. ass hands of his and tattooed. Damn. <laughs> got mama wet just thinking about it. Speaking of that, are you guys Sorry, honey. ready to joke off? Yeah. You're damn right about that one. Cue the strings and the horns. It was very catchy. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let me just had to wet my my lube up my throat. Okay. Dave Fuller does that to you? Uh, me, me and, and Alanis. He'll have me singing ironic all night. You know what I mean? You ought to know. Fuller House star Dave Coulier this week responded to a negative review of the new Netflix reboot that declared the show is an example of when nostalgia becomes necrophilia. Coulier said, the Olsen twins aren't even on it. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think he got his philias mixed up. You got that right. He got his philias mixed up. <laughs> Get the, do that nunnery. <laughs> she had the wrong philia. Right, she had the wrong philia. <laughs> yep, that was old philia. I went to high school with old philia. Gwyneth <laughs> <laughs> Paltrow revealed on the Today Show Friday that she's taking a break from acting for a while to focus on her lifestyle company, Goop. Good. Because I decided to consciously uncouple with Shallow Al years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood Gwyneth Paltrow. I just don't get it. Yeah. Not even me Shakespeare and Love did it for me. She's nah, awful. ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no, she's like a sick of celery. Yeah. <laughs> With even less flavor. Yeah. Plus, she's married yeah, to Yeah, you want to dip it in blue cheese. What's his name? With, you know, speaking of overrated bands, Coldplay, I mean, come on. Awful. Awful. Yeah. And they're, and they're granimals for adults. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Sire, what do you think of Led Zeppelin? Love Led Zeppelin. Yeah, okay. Thought so. Yeah, I used to take I used to take that stairway all the time. <laughs> yep. I used to squeeze my lemon till the juice run down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Star Wars star Mark Hamill <laughs> revealed to the sun recently 
that his character might be gay. In response, Chewbacca said,
And that is how we coddle the children of America. <laughs> That's okay, Sonny. You're just not a morning person. <laughs> Got that right, bitch. Jimmy, wake up. <laughs> really? The fucking assault rifle. Just letting them rip through the house. <laughs> now I have to go. This <laughs> is not a morning person. Uh, a stolen taco truck in San Bernardino hit a school bus, then crashed into a propane tank. I know tacos give you gas, but this is ridiculous. I'll say. I'll but say. Can you, can you drive with it? Oh, I was driving with it, all right. <laughs> yeah, coming coming back from Florida, I made the mistake of stopping into Taco Bell. What did you do? You get a Lord Jesus! What did you get? Uh, put it this way. Put it this way. It's just a good thing there weren't sparks flying in the car. Because <laughs> that bitch would have blowed. <laughs> But was it uh was it you know wrapped so that you know in a crunch so you could eat it while driving? It was a, it was a wrap and a crunch, <laughs> and then it was a thing and a thing and a thing that had a thing in it. Oh okay. Yeah. You know that thing they do. You don't know what the fuck you're ordering anymore. Yeah, I'll have the inside out, upside down, crammed full of shit taco. <laughs> Sounds like something Weeks would order at the Newark airport at four in the morning. Ooh. When he's, when he's hunting Shamalia for bait. <laughs> for bait? Who's he trying to bait with Shamalia? For bait. Oh, for bait? Yeah, you know, cut bait or fart. Oh. <laughs> Crab omelet. Yeah. Crab omelet. Yeah, I had I remember crab when on. I was in L.A. that Taco Bell had this delicious crunch wrap or something that you could – it was meant to eat when you drove. So I would – after, like, <laughs> leaving what? work at what? midnight, I would eat this delicious <laughs> crunch wrap from Taco Bell at, like, 1 a.m. in Burbank, and it was, you know – <laughs> Uh, what the hell does the crunch have to do with driving? That's well, it's to keep you awake late at night. It was like, they totally mismarketed was, that thing. It was to keep you awake late at night? Yeah, you're hearing the crunch. You got a crunch. You're just going to stay awake. Your eyes will stay open. There won't be clothes and drowsing. And you do that thing where you like, you know, you like to see the road, but you're not seeing the road. And you're trying with everything you can to get your eyes open. And it just won't open, and shit's flying by, and all of a sudden you come to, like you go yep. like, sweet Jesus, take the wheel. But here's here's what I not don't that understand. that's ever happened to me, mind you. No, of course not, none of us. But what I don't understand is we just heard you say, what in the hell does it have to do with the crunch? And then you immediately answered yourself and said it's because late at night. Well, then I got it made sense as you explained it. <laughs> Amazing. Made perfect sense. <laughs> Much like this next little tidbit. It cost the town of Emdbdend, Maine, hundreds of dollars every year to replace a sign that is constantly vandalized and stolen that says Katie Crotch Road. Oh, please. When I was growing up, we had Sandy Trent cul-de-sac. <laughs> Katie Crunch Road. You know, I live on Waverly, and 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 Gay Street runs, you know, just like a little half a block right into Waverly from Christopher. And yeah. that sign used to be stolen all the fucking time until they started placing it inhumanly high up the pole. So that the people couldn't get to it. Oh wow! Yeah, it was like it was taken every fucking day. And there's another place down in Georgia that we used to go by all the time. And about eh, once a month, someone steals the sign, and it's Tater Tot Lane. <laughs> What's so great about that Tater Tot Lane? 
Wouldn't you like that? Tater tot lane yeah, time? I love that. I guess. Yeah. Put some cheese on that bitch and hang it on the wall. GOP presidential candidate John Kasich this week predicted a contested Republican National Convention this summer. And this time, the fight won't be with a chair. (laughs) 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 He'll use those little hands of his, though. (laughs) And take us home, Tommy Boy. Okay, on CBS this morning, Colin Powell criticized the state of the Republic in the presidential primary by saying, quote, let's not make this a reality show. You know you're in trouble trouble when Jerry Springer <laughs> even thinks it's over the top. And now a final thought from Jerry Springer, quote, it's just a show. It's not the end of Western civilization. It's chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca bow wow. Chewbacca bow wow. Can we get a little before you go? Chewbacca bow wow. Oh my god. Chewbacca bow wow. Good night, Tommy boy. Happy anniversary, Tommy. All right, Tommy boy. Congratulations, man. Boy, boy. Bye, boy. Thank you all. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Don't get captured. Don't get captured. <laughs> Great kid, that Tommy boy. <laughs> um, scale from one to thirteen. How fucking bombed was Tommy boy just now? <laughs> I would say Tommy Boy was at about around 11.5. I think he, was he, really, was he was hammered out his skull. Oh, definitely. I love that noise, though. That's going to haunt me in my sleep forever. Like, such grating horror. It didn't, like, it isn't a Wookiee supposed to sound like, or like, how's a Wookiee supposed to sound? Not like that. Yeah, it sounded like, you know, something out of a horror film before the murderer does something, and uh, they all of a sudden have this, you know, all, this suspenseful music. <laughs> it sounded like crap. And <laughs> what? what's your favorite scene to shoot the main man future man about brains, man? My favorite scene to shoot the main man future man about man. It's got to be when Major Bain plays a stockbroker right around the financial collapse of the recession of 2008. And uh, she acts as a, uh, basically a mentor to these two kids who are just fresh out of college and they're looking to short the financial markets on housing stocks because uh, they forecast a, or foretell a future economic collapse starting with the finance markets and the home mortgages. And so this is a little piece of advice when, they're, when the two kids are celebrating that they're going to make millions upon millions upon millions uh, shorting the housing market. Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, and there goes. Listen, guys, if we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs, people lose retirement savings, people lose pensions. You know what I hate about fucking banking? It reduces people to numbers. Now, here's a number for you every 1% unemployment goes up, 40,000 people die in this country. Did you know that? Do you really think we should be celebrating this now? And that's my favorite scene. She's the main man for your yes. main face, man. Yes. <laughs> and is that uh, is that from She's the Main Cole in the Big Short, man? Yes, that is. That is from the Big Short. Yes, yes, it is. And what actor was Amanda Baines playing? That was Brad Pitt's character, who I thought was a great character. Uh, they didn't go into it too much. He was kind of like the moral authority in the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> 
great film though. It, it, it was. I thought it was going to be awful after watching the first hour because it's like mostly Christian Bale and I think his awful acting portraying this guy and uh, well, you know, I think he acted it well, but it was just very, it was very weird in the first hour, and then after that it becomes very uh, compelling. I think it's actually a good story. And uh, yeah. yep, it's, it's good. It's a good movie. You should see it. Here's, I, I kind of saw it, but here's the thing that I don't understand is is if somebody has a glass eye, shouldn't they look like they have a glass eye? Yeah, exactly. They really should. Uh, and he didn't yeah. act like it or look like it. He didn't He didn't even act like it. Like, usually there's a glass eye that might walk differently or something, but he didn't even <laughs> act like it. <laughs> walk differently? I don't know. Sammy Davis Jr. was walking differently. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, he had um, a glass eye? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he had a he had a glass eye. Uh, he had an accident, and then he that. had the the glass eye. Yeah, you didn't know that. Um, oh. What? Um, okay, I need you to give me a number from one to eight. Okay. Um, three. Okay. And then I need you to give me a a letter from D. To F. <laughs> e. Okay, E. And now I need you to give me uh, a the amount of rows I should go down in the E's. Um, two. Oh, boy. <laughs> so this is... My favorite scene is she's my favorite Jermaine Bain man, and it's from a great movie uh, that you know maybe uh, you know maybe if I ever saw it then it would be I would know. But it's called East of Eden, and oh. it's Amanda Amanda Bain's playing um, Abra. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's really it's my favorite movie. And um <laughs> it was it's from the novel by John Steinbeck called East of Eden and it goes like this. Mr. Task. Nope. Let me take it back. Can I take it back? Of course. Alright, let me take it back. Can we take a five? Let's take a five. I'll take it back. One second. Here we go. Rewind. Okay. <clears throat> Not Mr. Task, Mr. Trask. Okay. Mr. Trask, Mr. Trask, can you hear me? Is it just Cal you won't answer? Can you answer? I think you can understand me, though. I think behind your eyes, you're just as alert as ever and understand everything I say, only you can't show it. Mr. Trask, it's awful not to be loved. It's the worst thing in the world. Don't ask me, even if you could, how I know that. I just know it. It makes you mean and violent and cruel. And that's the way Cal has always felt to Mr. Trask all his life. Maybe you didn't mean it that way, but it's true. You never gave him your love. You never asked for his. You never asked him for one thing. Cal did something very bad, and I'm not asking you to forgive him or bless him or anything like that. Cal has got to forgive you for not having loved him or for not having shown you love. And he has forgiven you. I know he has. But you must give him some sign, Mr. Trask, some sign that you love him or he'll never be a man all his life. He'll feel guilty and alone unless you release him. I love you. I love Cal, Mr. Trask, and I want him to be happy and strong and whole. And only you can do it. Try. Please try. Find a way to show him. Ask for something. Let him help you so he knows you love him. Let him do for you. Excuse me, Mr. Trask, for daring to speak to you this way, if you hear me, but I had to. And that's my favorite scene. It's in my mind. Wow. Oh, my God.
be honest with you, I think that was the best delivery I've ever heard. I, you know, it, it was amazing. I thought it, it brought yeah. me back to like an old, older time. Seriously, I'm not kidding around. I thought it was excellent. You got me lost in that one. That was that was very good, very good, and Thank a lot you. of emotion. Did you read that before? No, I, I get you. You picked it out randomly just now. I never seen that in my life. That was, I think that was your best. I think that was a lot of emotion. It, I, it, I felt like I was watching an old, you know, t- you know, just it's a, a old black and white film, and uh, it was like I was really getting into it. It was very good, very good. I loved it. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. Wonder. I, I have no idea why I made that character a southern black woman but it just felt like the right thing to do. I have no idea where she's from or what race or anything. Um, but what did I want to say? Oh, yes. So there was um, this uh, this this pilot is talking to his co-pilot, and he has the um, intercom on, and, so, uh, and he doesn't realize it. And so the co-pilot says, uh, where are you going? And then the pilot says, I'm going to go uh, take a shit, and then I'm going to go uh, get a blowjob from the new hot stewardess. And pilot, um, and, and so what happens is the stewardess starts running to the, fr- to the cockpit to uh, let the pilot know that the intercom's on. And then this little old lady goes, take your time, honey. He said he got to take a shit first. <laughs> that's that's a good one. That's very good. <laughs> As I heard that from Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Oh, he's good. Uh, Howard Stern's boy. Yeah. Uh, well, former. He's not there anymore. Um, oh, that's very sad. I guess what happened was Jackie asked for more money. They wouldn't give it to him. They got close. They never got there. And so he left, and he said the worst part – this is on Gilbert's podcast. He said the worst part was uh, was that like a year later or something, he he, to- he got his – he told his lawyer, like, look, you know, if – I mean, that deal is still on the table. I'll come back. And he called Howard and said, L- listen, Howard, you know, the the, the deal is still on the table. Then Then I'm happy to come back. And Howard said, "Okay, well, thank you for calling and letting us know. We'll we'll uh, definitely get back to you soon." And he's still waiting for the call. Jackie is so. Um, oh. It's uh, he said that he missed. You know, it wasn't about the money or he just missed walking into a room in the morning and just laughing. You know, with four people, the same four people that he started with. It was like him, Robin, Howard, and Fred, or something. And and he he missed that you know the camaraderie or whatever and uh, so it's it's a sad situation but he's he's done all right. Yeah, I think he's uh, you know had a lot of success on the show and unfortunately that's what happens and uh, you know I, I don't ever I never quite got that why uh, people with with great success you know uh, you know demand more and then then they expect to you know be accepted and then they kind of lose out big. I mean it's a risk and I, I think if you feel like you were a major part of that i guess you have a right to do that but you know i, I mean if the relationship was that important i think you should just continue on you know especially when they seem like such good friends at some point but i guess his showbiz too you know he was saying like it's like you know if i'm working at a job getting paid ten dollars an hour and i'm there for a long time and i ask for thirteen dollars an hour you know then it seems fair right I, you know it, it seems like somebody should have met him halfway or something he doesn't have to give him 13 maybe yeah. 50 or 1250. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, you know, he seemed like a decent guy too, but you know, Howard's done all right without him. I think he's done pretty well, with, you know, without Howard. He, you know, but you know, hopefully, are they even friends anymore? I think that's what's important. I mean, do they even talk? Well, he said he's still waiting for the call, so I'm guessing they haven't spoken. Oh, that's that's a little rough. Um, Jackie <laughs> boy, but you know, keep making those jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jackie the joke man. Um, and uh, what about this one, though? Last question. You got a last question? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so afraid now. <laughs> Do you like to suck cock? 
Not as much as I used to. <laughs> well, I, if it was a comedian. Uh, oh, definitely not. Yeah. What if he... What if he was a voice in a Disney car? <laughs> Still a fan? She's thinking about it. What character? <laughs> Only a lead. Uh-huh. I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the, fr- hit the fucking, god damn it, fuck, god damn it, week. Hit the brakes, Florence. And um, uh, hit the brakes, Florence. I'm fucking this place. This John Weeks, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and uh, it, you know, I was at a play once, and um, I uh, I was there because we were friends with the director, and the director at the time was uh, Rip Torn, uh, his wife, um, and. We we go to the play and I was a very little I was only twelve years old. This was many, many years ago. And uh after the play we go to a restaurant and this is the the after party and um Rip has this reputation of he thinks he's always being chased by the police and uh the cops are gonna get him and but you know, he's he's a very nice guy. Uh but he was going around this party arm wrestling everyone. And uh, he was beating everyone. But then it got to me, and I had the grip. And I beat him. And after that, he goes, he says, Somebody owes me a martini. <laughs> And if you have a Barbie doll, what are you going to do with that thing? You're going to take her out on a night in the town. You're going to get some real fancy dinner. You're going to go to Taco Bell, get some of those new uh, tacos that you can hold in your hand. They got that crunch to keep you awake at night. And, yeah, uh, new as of 2006. Time. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go to sleep after eating about a dozen of those each. Oh. You're going to try to wake your, your Barbie girl up. She's going to take a shotgun and put three or four holes in your roof. And you know why? Because she ain't a morning person. That's why. <laughs> Good night, Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, Ryan. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.